I'm Michael Malley, and this is The Mindful Storyteller, where the subject always is stories. Storytelling, story reading, story listening, mindfulness, and the creation of the story space. Mindful Storyteller, and I'm Michael R. Malley, and I'm Ollie Ren Erickson Malley, and today we'll be talking about imagination, and in particular, imagination as it relates to uh, toddlers, preschoolers, and young children. Uh, we'll begin with a quote from a lovely children's book, The Polar Express. Ollie will share that. I'll do a reading. We'll then have a, a chat, and then Ollie will close with some final thoughts and suggestions and questions. We also have the Tibetan singing bowl, the mindfulness bell, and it is an invitation to enjoy this moment, to enjoy the sound of the bell in this present moment. At one time, most of my friends could hear the bell, but as years passed, it fell silent for all of them. Even Sarah found one Christmas that she could no longer hear its sweet sound. Though I've grown old, the bell still rings for me. Chris Van Allsburg, The Polar Express. Your best storytelling instructor may be a toddler. They are masters of imaginative play. Toddler play lacks the awkwardness of self-consciousness. Their imagines are reality. Storytellers conspire with their listeners. Together we create worlds. Honing the craft of storytelling involves developing the ability to turn on one's imagination, learning how to generate vivid images within yourself so that your audience may do the same. Here, the toddler may be your teacher. When engaged in this creation with young listeners, the storyteller holds an especial responsibility. As a professional storyteller, I sometimes find it necessary to tone down my storytelling performances when I am sharing tales with very young children. Everything I say is real and alive. A bumbling, green, hairy monster may be quite amusing for fourth and fifth graders. That same monster can be terrifying to a four or five-year-old. 
If you are a teller who shares tales with young children, you have an obligation. Whether your listeners be your nieces and nephews at bedtime, or the children at the local preschool, an accomplished storyteller working with young people must know when to tone down one's imagination, when the tale is becoming too intense, too real for the listeners. The goal here is not to simply water down one's craft, but to recognize the covenant between the teller and her listeners. Live storytelling is a performance art that exists as an interplay, a dance between the teller, the listeners, and the tale itself. It is no accident that the traditional storytellers of village and tribe held places of honor and respect within their communities. The role of storyteller has often commingled with the function of shaman, priest, counselor, or healer. Stories hold power. The storyteller is in a position that calls for accountability and at times restraint. The storyteller is also called toward humility. We must let toddlers be our instructors. So I've been doing storytelling for 20 plus years, 25 years, I guess. And, you know, I mentioned that green, hairy, quite scary monster. That's actually one of the stories that I tell. And I, I can remember telling that story to, uh, you know, to a group of three and four-year-olds. And it, the monster is really not too scary and he's kind of fun. But I could see... As I was telling the story, I could see the facial expressions on my listeners. I could see the eyes just getting a little too wide. And, and I realized, as I was telling, I need, to, I need to back off of this a little bit. I need to make this a little, a little less real, um, uh, if you will, for my listeners. Uh, because I have an obligation. I have a responsibility. Um, you know, if, if, if I tell a story and... And I'm telling to uh, you know three and four and five year olds, and 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 I have children in tears. I'm I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So so that's you know that's part of what I'm conveying here. And and the other half of that same thing is just kiddos and their imaginations. Um, you know we are parents of of four children. We have two grandchildren, and it is. It's a pleasure, it's a joy to, to just step back sometimes and watch young ones. You know, this can happen up through the early elementary grades, but, you know, it certainly begins with toddlers and we see it with preschoolers. And to watch them at play, to sort of see, because what they'll do is they create worlds. They create incredible, magical, imaginative worlds and, um, you know, and if we're, if we're really going to be uh, engaging as storytellers, we're kind of, we're kind of called back to that. Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on all this, Holly? <laughs> um, you know, my initial thoughts are like what we can learn from toddlers. And preschoolers. I mean, it's wonderful now that we have uh, 
two and a five-year-old grandchildren that were here at our house two or three times a week. So we were really engaged with them. Um, and there's, there's so much you can learn from them. I just, <laughs> one of the things I'm thinking is like, just how they, how a toddler will sit uh, and bend over, like with a straight back, mm. and with, um, you know, so we're, we're all trying to get um, to be more mindful and to be in the present moment and uh, um, think about our bodies. And the toddlers just don't have to. It's just there. Right. They're ju- it's just how it's just how they're at least from the ones we've seen. We've seen quite a few <laughs> that they they know how to sit properly and they know and they. Um, they're not slouching. Right. That's a learn. That's something learned, because, yes. um, yeah, they're sitting up straight and they're so mindful and present and focused on whatever's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, an ant, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you watch a two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old watching, just watching an ant cross a sidewalk, and they're so interested. Um, and so I, I mean, there's just so many things that we can learn um, just being with them, if we allow ourselves to really be with them and um, be in their time, you know, mm-hmm. not not being on our time schedule, being on their time schedule. And you can't do that all the time, but you do, you know, you don't need to do that all the time. But if you do that some, <laughs> that you just sit there and let them lead the play and, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of follow what they're doing. Um, anyway, just some. It was wonderful to, to, to teach them about new games and new play, and all that's good. Sure, it's a dance. But it's an interplay, it's, right? I mean, yeah. with the kiddos, just as it is with the storytelling story listener. Yeah. Right, right. And I and, and then the other part of this, like just thinking about the tales we tell and the age of the audience. Um, I'm thinking some, you know, we have a, our, our youngest son is a tween, as you would call it. I don't think you like that word, but he's a 12-year-old. <laughs> it is a word. It's called It's a word, word and right? he's is. He's in between childhood and teenagehood, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, he's between there. And just for him, the stories that are coming at him even, you know, he, he talked about the stories coming at a toddler and you need to make sure that you're, it's appropriate. But also the stories coming at middle schoolers or high schoolers or adults, you know, whatever. But I... I see it especially in middle school, um, the TV programs that are geared towards that age or the books that are in that teen section um, that are geared towards middle school. And a lot of those stories, there's a lot of wonderful, wonderful stories out there, but a lot of those stories are pretty, um, there's some harshness to them that I think we need to discern as adults what's good for our kids. Um, I mean, I think there's something, especially in middle school literature, that um, exposing kids to what's out there. And a lot of kids do experience some horrific stuff. And acknowledging that, exposing that. But there's a right time and a right place. Mm -hmm. Uh, and And I think, I feel like there's a bombardment of, with our kids, of this more harshness when there's... And there, that is out there, <laughs> and I, I don't want to not acknowledge that. Right. But, but I feel like they're bombarded with this, um, yeah, these awful things that could happen, or this harsh, um, kind of a harsh reality. Or? Yeah, harsh reality, and 
I, and that's fine as long as it's juxtaposed with all this wholesome and healthy <laughs> lifestyle and, and, and too. Healing. Right, and right. healing, yeah, like right. like and I think books try to do that or, or other things try to do that, but just I don't know, that that's that's what I was thinking about when you're were talking about age appropriate. I right. guess that's where a right. lot of because right now that's what I'm a lot of my mind is wrapped around with this middle schooler that we have. Sure. And and even as we say in, in terms of um, that it's healing, um, sometimes with some of those programs, there'll be all this like unnecessary, gratuitous violence or just this s dripping with sarcasm and cynicism throughout. And then there's this this little message that also comes in and and that message is oftentimes not enough to kind of negate the harm, <laughs> I think, inherent in the story, that, that what it generates. Because I, I think, you know, of course I'm speaking here of the storyteller, you know, sharing stories with the niece or nephew at bedtime or that, but yeah, books are storytellers. Uh, movies, TV shows, they're storytellers. And and in some ways, I, I, um, I think um, those same questions arise in terms of, what are your what's the storyteller's responsibility what's their obligation and un unfortunately I, I i think oftentimes that's um that responsibility it has been sloughed off it's 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 i i have a, a friend who works in the television industry and we once had a conversation he said we never talk about that we never talk about the impact of our stories um and you know that's all put on the parents and families and you know, there needs to be, I think, a co-responsibility there, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think one way of thinking about it with any of this is what's watering beneficial seeds, right? Is it, you know, this is a line from the Vietnamese Buddhist monk Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, we've mentioned him before. He's a primary teacher of ours. Anything you do, any story you share, are you ultimately, I mean, it doesn't mean it has to all be, you know, um, fluff or anything like that, but... Does it ultimately water beneficial seeds, or is it causing harm? Because if it's and 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 to me, it's just to say, well, it's entertaining. It's still watering seeds. It's it's you know what kind of seeds is it watering? And 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 I I want us to think about that. I want myself to think about that as a, as a listener too. I mean, we're pretty selective, you and I, as you know, as as uh, adults in our middle years here. We're pretty selective. Um, Maybe sometimes not as much as we should be, but we're pretty selective in terms of what we're going to take in as well. Um, I want to return, though, you know, since the focus of this one is with the young kiddos. Um, gosh, I really appreciate what you were saying about the way they sit or uh, that, that posture and, and, you know, how they'll just be so engaged with, you know, an ant walking along the sidewalk. Kiddos oftentimes... You know, I, uh, of course there's exceptions and there's kids who've been through great trauma, but in general, young kiddos, they, they kind of look at the world through, you know, a lens of wonder, a lens of, of, of awe. And, and, you know, I mean, we, we see that in the Chris Van Allsburg uh, quote about the, the Christmas bell. Uh, and... And I think there is 
such deep value in that. I mean, you know, I mentioned there in, in the reading about the connection between the storyteller as, as priest or healer or, or shaman. You know, there is something about allowing ourselves into that place of wonder, that place of awe, and, uh, and, 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 and also the naturalness of that. Just like we naturally have this good posture, there is something almost inherent in us that wants to engage with a sense of wonder and with a profound and vast imagination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and the, the other word was when you said sometimes, of course, the kids are going to be on our time, but um, we could be on their time. And their time is no time. They. Mm -hmm. Show me the four-year-old that's worried about the clock. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because, again, this program's called The Mindful Storyteller. It's about presence. That's the same thing that, you know, if you're a storyteller, you know, maybe, okay, we want to, you know, we don't want to go on and on sharing this story with a kiddo at bedtime and let's make this about 10 or 15 minutes or me on a stage. I've got 45 minutes here or whatever. You have to have awareness of that to some degree. But there also is this invitation to just pure presence. And, uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll have to explore that further on other programs. But I want to think more about how presence and mindfulness just interfaces um, with kind of imagination and our imaginative potential. Mm-hmm. Well, we hope you enjoy listening to the mindful storyteller. We'll have the, uh, the Tibetan bowl once more, and then Ollie will have some closing words. Aspire towards being the best storyteller that you can be. As we sharpen our storytelling skills, we must move towards regaining the power and nuance of imagination that we had as toddlers. Silently observe a toddler at play for 15 minutes. What do you notice? What do you see? Name something specific you observe in the toddler's play that serves to teach you something about storytelling. While we must exercise and strengthen our imaginative muscles, we must also learn when not to flex them. Tell a story to a young child. As you tell, reserve part of your awareness for their eyes, their body language, their facial expressions, their reactions to the telling. Be cognizant of the dance that occurs between teller and young listener as you share a story. Be aware of your responsibility.
I'm Michael Malley, and you've been listening to the Mindful Storyteller.